This is going to be uh, some stories about a, an Old Testament character, which I love to go to. We can find out about these characters and look at them and see the faith that they had, only knowing the promises of Christ. Knowing it's afar off, yet they embraced it, they persuaded it persuaded them, and we're going to look at an Old Testament character, and that is Joseph. You know, Joseph, it was talked about in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13, that honor roll of, of the Bible characters there that was uh, presented in that chapter, it was talking about that faith of those Old Testament characters there. In 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. You know, when we look at this, we can read in 22 there also that by faith, Joseph, speaking about him here now in that chapter, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Something interesting that, that I found in this area, when you look at that full circle of faith in these Old Testament characters, that request there that he give those children of Israel, you take my bones back with you. And remember in that uh, readings in the Old Testament. Talk about Moses delivering his people at the time to, to take Joseph's bones back his people. And when Moses did that, after Joseph died, he was embalmed and he was put away for 350 years until Moses delivered him out. And he said, remember what Joseph said. He gave commandment to carry his bones out. So we see this Old Testament characters and the faith that they're talking about being great. And this is the faith that we need. This is something that we want in our lives throughout all times. Bad, good, it doesn't matter. If we have faith, it will be consistent for us to fall back on. It will help us make full circle in our life. You know, when I looked at this, you could go so many different ways. You know the story very well about Joseph. You studied the Bible. I know you have. And I know that you have looked at the different things that stick out to you and you think about that. But when I look at it in my eyes and reading this, one of the first things that I read, and you're looking at the chapters Genesis 37 throughout 50, and you see all these chapters talking about Joseph here. One of the first things I noticed was talking about the account of Jacob, his dad. And Joseph was to help push that along and to get Jacob to come into Egypt. And God was with Joseph. And that's what was going to stand out, I think, is this, the works that through Joseph for his father Jacob to push that along. And it ended up, because of Jacob and getting him to Egypt, he accounted for like 603,000 children of Israel, just that lineage of Jacob. Very important role, wasn't it? But when we look at the, the numbers count of all these peoples and things, what it's not really, in talking about Jacob, it's not really what the lesson's about. The lesson is looking at the hardships, the sufferings, the things that Joseph went through in, in our lifetime, help us to compare to that, to be able to see that there's things that's going to go on in our lifetimes that we can relate with. This faith, this living in faith attitude that Joseph had, we also should have. The faith of Joseph, when tested in life, no matter how unfair and how unfair and hard he was treated, no matter the severity of the hardships, he had a Joseph attitude. And we too should have that Joseph attitude to acknowledge that God is with you. In that chapters, it talks a lot in all, in all those areas that he, was, he had te been tested that God the Lord was with him. Have faith that God is going to shine a light on a dark situation. When we go in a dark situation, we find out ourselves 
in our hearts many times we're defeated from the get-go and that we have hardship because of that it changes our demeanor our attitude our personality a lot of people will myself included will get stressed and anxieties come out for joseph it was i'll take care of it i will get this done and he had a wonderful attitude joseph did always do our best like joseph if we get that attitude in our lives it will benefit us it will benefit our children our grandchildren it will benefit everybody that's around us our brethren if we can have a good attitude in dark situations because god is going to shine a light on it <clears throat> what got it all started and i listed is love a coat and dreams starting joseph in some hardships genesis 37 3 through 5 now israel which was jacob loved joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren, brothers, saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren. They hated him even more. You know, we can see here to start with, <clears throat> why would they be so upset about this coat? These jealousies and envy and, and this favoritism, where'd that come from? You know, Jacob loved his son in his old age, but it's also Joseph was, was a good boy. He was 17 years old. When you think about this, you're reading this, a lot of times we think of it as, as a, an older person. Joseph was a teenager. You know, excuse me, I've got a scratchy throat. So, 17 years old, starting out this area in this chapter here, and Joseph was hated by his brothers. That coat, there was significance to it. It was colorful. And some areas of the Bible, they call them tunics. This one was full length on the sleeves and went down to the ankles. A lot of them were shorter and short-sleeved and no color, just plain. So that was a sign of royalty. So that spurred already some jealousies. And then you have a favorite. You have a favorite of a father who favors his son, so there's envy. And then you have Joseph who was... Maybe a little bit at times uh, told on his brothers when probably needed be, but they didn't like that. And then we find out him having a dream about his brothers. And what that dream was 11, 11 uh, stars, a sun and a moon, and they bowed to, to Joseph and also areas there of sheaves that he had dreamed, or that all these sheaves, uh, bowed to the sheaf, which was him. So his representation, and a lot of times in the Bible there, when it's a double dream like that, is God has established it, and it's going to come quickly, and sure enough, it did. That was what was down the line, was the children was going to bow down. Excuse me, the brothers was going to bow down to Joseph later in the years, and that made full circle. But they envied, they knew in truth that it, that it was going to be true, so they hated him for that. So you think about your family. I've got three older brothers, and we've had our times, believe me. I was the baby. And so got picked on. <laughs> That's fine, because I picked back. It was just family. It was brothers. But we never conspired anything against each other. You think about that in your life with your family. This is a real family. This man had brothers, loved ones, and they hated him. This is setting up what went on in Joseph's life. Think about that in comparison to your loving family and how you treat each other. 
This went on to start the lesson in, in kind of what happened to Joseph. Joseph's brothers conspired against him. And when they saw him afar off, even before they came near unto them, they cons uh, conspired against him slain. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now therefore and let us slay him and cast him into the pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. So we can see here that the brothers which had gone and to graze their sheep and Jacob had asked Joseph to go find them, check on them. They've been gone a while. So as he goes to check on them, he finds, finds out that they had gone a little further than what they were supposed to. He finally found them. And they sent him afar off, and they said, here he comes. Let's just take him and throw him in this pit. No water in the pit. I think of a cistern. So I believe <clears throat> uh, maybe Judah, who said, let's not kill him. Let's just, let's just put him in the pit. We, we got the blood on our hands if we kill him. And so we find out them talking about that. They put him in the pit. Finally decided not to kill him, and I don't have the scripture listed, but that rage, that rage and jealousy turned into, into, or excuse me, the jealousy turned into rage at this point, and that's when they, they did this. You know, just one thing that we can pick out on this, if you have a jealous attitude and you're envy, and it turns into action, and it hurts people, just if that's the only thing we take out of this lesson, that's the we need to take that. We need to take it in our heart and change that in our heart if we have a jealousies and, and those kind of attitudes and envy because it can turn into rage, and we see it all the time. We see it many times that it turns into bad actions. So this is what they did. They tossed him in there. You know, when you look at this, this cons conspiring, you think about this, already they're, they're one, jealousy, sin, they're conspiring at first to kill him, sin. Then decide, let's not kill, let's just toss him in there. So now they're saying, well, a beast killed him. We'll just lie about it. So lying's gotten involved. All these things coming about because of, of jealousy and envy. So while he's there, they have the idea to just, let's just sell him. Genesis 37, 27 through 28. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. That's a good idea. Then they're passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph. And I don't know who drew him. I don't know if the merchantmen drew him or the brothers did, but they were given consent to it. He's for sale. They lifted him up and sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. You know, mentioned a while ago, I, had a, I didn't have the scripture down, but when they tossed him in the pit, they sat down and had bread. They were hungry. They broke for lunch while my brother's in the pit. That's rage. That's hate. 100% hate. So Joseph, at this time, hated by his brothers, tossed in the pit, and I think about 17 years old, your life is about to change. Sometimes I think my life's changed for the worse, but when I read these stories like this, Joseph... I have nothing to worry about. I'm going to tell you, the things that this man went through was some hardships. Joseph's new life. In 39, 
and Joseph was brought down to Egypt. They brought him out of that pit. He was sold and now headed to Egypt. Brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither, and the Lord was with Joseph. Here's where it gets interesting. Every hardship handed to Joseph, the Lord was there, was with him. And he was a prosperous man. He blessed him. And he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. And the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. You know, when you look at these scriptures, you think about a 17-year-old in a normal life. I guess maybe you're at the end of your school years, maybe a senior, I don't know, junior, senior. You get up. If you're in the city, maybe a lot of these teenagers now are going to have a cup of Starbucks. I think I'll get me a cup of Starbucks. I'll go and hang out with my friends this afternoon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm planning my college. I'm doing all these things to go that way. Here's a 17-year-old who was living a life, sheep herder, pretty common just job. is not rich, not a lot of money. Doing your thing as a 17-year-old, and all of a sudden you're in a pit, pulled out of the pit. Probably, I'm guessing, now I, I'm, I'm thinking if you're a slave and you've been caught, you're in shackles. They just didn't say, no, you just walk along here with us. He was, he was captive. He's kidnapped. He is taken to Egypt and sold as a slave, and you become a slave. You're talking about a change of life for a 17-year-old. When he gets to Potiphar's here, the Lord was with him. We think about the hardships in our lives, what we must try to do in our life to get used to some of the things that has happened in our life. Has this ever happened to us? Has your life changed to the point of this hardship? Mine has not. I hope it doesn't. For Joseph, it did. And the Lord was with him and he, he still prospered. So here's Joseph's first hardship, betrayed by his own family. Blood. Who said, let's just kill him. No, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him. And then now he's a slave. Joseph was well favored in Genesis 39 and 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight. Talking about Potiphar. And served him and he made him an overseer over his house. And all that he had he put into his hand. You think about Egypt, when you go there, <clears throat> if you was to see it now, you'd still be in awe. And I'm sure it was in awe of that to, to Joseph, too, in this situation. You think about leaving as a sheep herder from the fields that you lived in, and now you're looking at these pyramids, these great homes, this technology that the Egyptians had. They had money or they did not. And the ones that had money, he was a slave to him, and that was Potiphar. You're talking about a big home. You're talking about fountains and gardens and things that you're not used to. You are completely in a different situation that you're used to. And you're being told, now you will do this, you will do that. This is your life. And so Joseph was faced with some things that was really hard. But God was with him. Joseph was exposed to sexual temptation. And when I say sexual temptation, it may not necessarily been on Joseph himself, but it was on Potiphar's wife. Let's read this. This is interesting. This is where I believe we start seeing the character and the integrity of Joseph. And it came to pass after these things that Master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. 
There's none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know, something that I see in, in Joseph's character here is that other scriptures says that he was, he was well faith, he was a goodly man, he was good looking. And she comes on to him, and we see the integrity here. You think about Potiphar's wife going after him, and he says, how can I sin against God? You know, he didn't talk about, really about, other than saying it's, you know, your hand's off. You're Potiphar's. He didn't try to say, you know, I think you're nice, but I, you know, I can't do He said, I cannot sin against my, my God. And so he brought that out very first thing. I think you see the character that Joseph had is the first thing that come to his mind. How can I sin this and do this wickedness against God? But look at the situation. It wasn't a one-time deal. Let's look at the next scriptures. 39 and 10. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie with her or to be with her. Day by day. So it wasn't a, a one-time thing. She, she was after him, and he did not give in. His faith, living by faith, governed and regulated that kind of behavior. Genesis 39 and 12 says, And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. It come to her being desperate. Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out. So we here see here scriptures. We're really seeing what faith is. Faith is not just a word that we use out there and just throw it out there. It is a faith is in action. It is a word that is you doing it. As faith, it's you know dead without works, right, David? You brought that out today. So he left, left that garment there and was gone. We see that faith in work. He got out of there, and you know. <clears throat> Sometimes this is where we see the hardships really coming into play. He was punished for doing the right thing. This is where life gets unfair. He was put in prison. It says here, and it come to pass, when his master heard these words, his wife, she threw it around, lied about it, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me. And we see the master's wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in prison. So we see another hardship, don't we? The second hardship. Long prison term, falsely accused. 17 years old, in prison. I don't know when his birthday was. Maybe he's 18. He's a young man. He's a teenager. So we see here, falsely accused. Have you ever had anybody do that? Say something about you wasn't true? I can tell you the first thing is that I'm going to get red-faced. That ain't right. That is not true. You know, Joseph had such a wonderful attitude in so many areas of these stories. <clears throat> he was favored in prison. Once he was thrown in prison, he was favored there. He won people over wherever he went, even though in hardships. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor. Does that sound like a pattern? The Lord was with Joseph. In the second hardship, he found favor in the side of the prison, the keeper there. And the keeper of the prison committed Joseph's hand. And all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did, he was the doer of it. He controlled that prison. 
The dreams of the butler and the baker. <clears throat> when he was in prison there, we see these dreams that the, the baker and the butler had, and I'll just run right quick through the one that butler had. The butler had a dream about a, a branch, and that branch had three stems coming out on it, had grapes that blooms and then grapes, and so he took those grapes and squeezed the juice into Pharaoh's cup. And the baker had a dream of three baskets, white baskets on his head. It's a strange dream. And it had baked meats. And I can't really tell you what baked meats is. I looked at that in some areas. Some it said food. Some just said meat. Some basically food. And birds come and eat out of that food. And so that was the dreams. And they, they were bothered. They were sad about it. In 40 and 5 and 8, they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream. The butler and the baker of the king of Egypt and were found in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in, in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God. He's given God the glory that God can interpret these dreams. Tell me them, I pray you. So he's asking them uh, about these dreams. And you heard what I told you a moment ago about the dreams. That's kind of what it was about. Now, the next one is where Joseph is starting to interpret that for them. Worked out for one, didn't work so good for the other. In Genesis 40. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head <clears throat> from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler and his butlership again and he gave the cup to Pharaoh, but they hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted. So to have your head removed and then hung up on a tree and, and the birds eat your flesh. Didn't work out for the baker. But the butler, he was just put back into his, into his job. And that was interpretations. <clears throat> you see all this stuff lining up, and whenever you read these things about Joseph, you see, honestly, a full circle of faith. And we will look at that a little bit more in just a moment. So Joseph was bold. He asked, he said to the butler, he asked him for help. You think about this a I minute. Mean, this is, I've interpreted this. This is maybe a moment where maybe I can get out of here. And Jesus 40 says, but think on me when it shall be uh, well with thee and shew kindness, I pray thee unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon, which was true. I'm sure you hear a lot from prisoners that, hey, I'm innocent. Some not so. But for Joseph, he was. And he said, this may be my way out. If I can get this information out, I don't belong here. You get that word to Pharaoh. And after Joseph helped him, told him all what was going on, look what happens to Joseph next. Forgotten. Mm-mm-mm. You did not, you did not, the chief butler, remember Joseph, but forgot him. He forgot. So you think about Joseph there, maybe this is my way out. Third hardship, the butler forgot Joseph, 
two more years in prison. And how do we know that? Because the next scripture talks about him in the Pharaoh's dreams. He's going to get the opportunity now. Later on, two years later, it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. So that was the first start of, of Joseph being able to come out of that prison. At that point, oh yeah, Butler remembers Joseph. Genesis 41, and we dreamed a dream in one night, and he's explaining to Pharaoh about what went on with him. A little bit before that, I'm going to explain that Pharaoh had these magicians. He had servants, evidently, that were people he relied on, and they were able to interpret some things. They could not interpret the Pharaoh's dreams that he had. Here's where it starts seeing what Joseph was actually going to be doing with his life. It's starting to gear up now to, to see what's going to go on. Pharaoh had dreams. He had, a, again, a double dream. He had a dream of heifers, seven that were fat, nice-looking heifers. He had a dream of seven lean, poor heifers. Those seven lean gobbled up meat, the seven fat heifers. He had another dream of, of seven ears of corn that was what called rank and good. I looked up the word rank because I... I know rank is something that stinks, that's not nice, but rank means plump. Seven ears of corn that's plump and good. And seven lean that was been burnt by an east wind. So those seven lean cor uh, corn eat, gobbled up the seven plump. So in representation of that, Joseph explains to him, to Pharaoh in this interpretation, you're going to have seven years of plenty. You're going to make corn and wheat and all the food that you need, you're going to have it in handfuls. This is what's in store. And then you're going to have seven years of famine. And it's going to be so bad, you're just going to forget what was good in that seven years. You know, an interesting fact that, that I read about that area is when <clears throat> the Nile dries up, they have a famine. And that had happened around history. Secular history shows that it had happened about 800 years before this Pharaoh. And those people recorded everything. They'd write it on walls, the hieroglyphics, and chiseled in there. And so they had a lot of recordings through those years. And so they went always and looked at that, and Pharaoh was aware of that famine that happened with that Pharaoh 800 years ago. He didn't want to be part of it. And he was very happy that Joseph was there explaining to him what to do because he would be able to survive it in his kingdom. Makes sense. We're actually a pretty wise Pharaoh. And we dreamed a dream, and one night, and I, and he, and he, Butler speaking, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of this dream, and there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream he did interpret. So Butler now, catch up again, the Butler's saying, yeah, I remember this guy, your magicians can't interpret this, so here's this guy, and he's in your prison. Life's about to change again. A blessing. The Lord is with him. From a dungeon to a Pharaoh. Think about this a moment. You know, we, we go through these scriptures and we look at Joseph and we see these stories. And we, oh yeah, you know, he had this hardship. He was blessed and he went to Egypt. He's in a dungeon. Do you really think that he thought how long more he's going to be in there after the butler forgot him? 17 years old. When it's talking about Joseph in this chapter, he's 30. He's 30 years old. That's a time frame from the, with, with Potiphar and then in prison. 
that I can add up to 13 years. So that's what you've been doing for your life. Butler forgets you. I don't know how much more length of time I've got in here. I want to tell you something. If I can't get my way sometimes in 20 minutes, I get hacked off. (laughs) I get mad. Why ain't this going on right? He's waiting in prison two more years, waiting, waiting, waiting. I promise you, he was able to wait on the Lord. He waited on the Lord because he knew that he was blessed and that God was going to be there with him, even though he didn't know how much more time it was going to be when he finally got out. But in two years, after he talked to that butler, his life is going to change. He's going to be blessed. From a dungeon to Pharaoh. Genesis 41 and 14, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. I'm sure he needed a shave. But you know what? It wasn't just needing a shave. He'd become an Egyptian. They were clean shaven. He'd become an Egyptian to look like them. He said, this is my time. I'm going there, and I'm going to be able to, I need to impress. This is how you look. This is the way I'm going to look. So Joseph waited on the Lord, and he was blessed. In Genesis 41, 38 through 40, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, that after Joseph had interpreted these dreams to him, told him what you need to do, take these provisions and make store, he was so impressed, this is the things that he said to him. Said to him in the service, can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God hath shewed thee, all this there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall my, all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Second command of Egypt. From a dungeon, sheep herders, dungeon, Second command in Egypt. Man, you're talking about a roller coaster. But you know what? God had a, a, a purpose for Joseph. And it makes me think about my work in my Christian life. And I hope it does you too. In hardship, in good times, and bad times, we are called from God to do the work. We are called just like Joseph was. Maybe different times, different place. But we are still called to do God's work for Christ. For the Lord was with him, betrayed by family, long prison term, falsely accused, and forgotten. Two, Genesis 41, and Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck and he made him a ride. This is what I like. He made him a ride second chariot, which he had, and they cried before him. I can see this. You think about a second chariot behind the Pharaoh and cried, the word cried, scream. You bow down. You bow down to this man. This is the next in command. This is who you're going to answer to. Bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. What a life change. So Joseph was persuaded by and embrace the promise of Christ. We read this earlier. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Joseph, seeing Christ, it was important to him to go ahead and continue in his lifetime to push Christ. And it was going to be making full circle, bringing Jacob to Egypt, and saving the people of the land from that famine. That was his purpose. 
was his family to come back to him and get Jacob there. And he did his part. He was persuaded by it. He embraced it, no matter good and bad times in his, in his life. And we too, so many times I believe we forget to see Christ in front of us and we push that. We keep pushing it forward in good times and hard times. That we embrace it. We per, are persuaded of it. It makes me think of this scripture in closing. All things work together for good. We are called according to his purpose. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. We are also called to do God's work. We must live in faith as Joseph did. We, we must know the Lord is with us no matter the circumstances. Didn't matter where they threw Joseph. Did not matter. The dungeon, betrayal, falsely accused. I mean, my goodness. For me, I, I don't know, I try to have faith, but that was faith. If he's in the honor roll of faith in Hebrews 11, he got there because he, he deserved to be there. And always do our best, even in difficult times. I hope this has been helpful for you. It was to me. It helped me in looking at my faith, living by faith. I believe we must live by faith today. <clears throat> when I look at the scriptures like that, that make full circle, it just reminds me of the, of the, the providence of God. You know, here's what had to happen. When you think about all things working together for, the, for those that love the Lord and for the good. You think about Joseph here. If Joseph had not been purchased by Potiphar, he would not have been placed in the prison with the king's prisoners. If he would not have been in that prison, that prison he would not have met Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker and would not have been bought before Pharaoh, brought before Pharaoh, and would not have had the opportunity to save his people during the famine. Does it sound like what we just read? Is it a coincidence? Was it luck? It was God. And God is in control in our lives. God is with you. God is with me. And he wants us to continue to do the work of the Lord as, a, as we're called according to his purpose. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.